I'm Batman. Good luck, Harry Potter. Well, cover me with eggs and flour and bake me for 40 minutes. Hello, and welcome back. I'm Bav. I'm Fluff. And this is Screen Masters, episode three. Three in already. I know, I know, three already. (laughs) You know, we're still here, we're still doing it, we're going to carry on, you can't stop us. People are Um, listening, people we actually know have listened to these. That's very true, but the key key words there are people we know. True. Have pity listen. True. But hey, as we said in the, I think it was the first episode or the second one, I will accept a pity listen. Mm -hmm. I'm quite happy with a pity listen, that's all good. (laughs) But welcome back, and uh, today... We are, for our main topic, going to be discussing uh, the Dark Knight trilogy of films by Christopher Nolan. But um, before we do that, we're just going to say hello and reacquaint ourselves, as it's been a couple of weeks since we have properly discussed all things. So, Fluff, how you doing? I'm all right. Yeah, a little bit, uh, a little bit hoarse today. Indeed. Uh, indeed. But uh, we, we, we shall, minimum. we shall plough through all the same. Um, you know, it is, it's fine. It's fine. It Got plenty of water sat beside indeed. me, so. I'll be fine. I believe it comes out of taps as well, so if you run out of the bottle, I think we can get some more. That's fine. That's fine. I think we bought some Coke as well, so... Uh, uh, that's Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola, Let's not... Let's be clear. Yeah, the bottled stuff. The, the, the good stuff. We the, figured the good a, stuff. a treat. Bottles, no a treat. Less. A treat for... Uh, exactly. Exactly. For the, for the session. <laughs> so, what you what you been watching? Um, Have you seen anything good? Yeah, I think there's one thing we've both seen. Yes, quite no, good. no, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll cover that. We'll cover that straight off then, uh, which was Spider-Man. Indeed, um, the new Spider-Man Far the from new Spider-Man Home. The new Spider-Man Far From Home, which we did sit down and watch together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that was a couple of weeks ago now. And the uh, and Eva came with us as well. Yes, yes, one. yes. My, that was her my first goddaughter, your one. daughter. Yes. Um, that's the first one she's seen in the cinema because we've been watching them all at home to catch up so that she could. Oh, no, no. Endgame was the first one she saw uh, in the cinema, actually. We got in in time to watch Endgame. We caught up for Endgame, and then that was the. F- but that was the first one she's seen with you and me. It was nice. She was thoroughly enthralled, I think, mm-hmm. just as much as we were. Um, I found that when she was watching them, though, the like some of them, she had a lot of questions about yeah. and how things worked and who things were, who people were, and you know, alien races and stuff. And actually, Homecoming, when we got to it, the first one was she didn't ask any questions. Mm. And I just think it's because it's that much more relatable. Mm-hmm. Because he's just in the first one, particularly, he's just a kid in high school mm. trying to be a high school kid. Yep. And that very much carried through to this. He very just, much. Very much. He loved just wanted it. Wanted to go loved on it. his school field trip yeah. and tell the girl he liked. He loved it. Liked uh, it. Absolutely loved it. It was much, much better for me than Homecoming. I don't get me wrong. I enjoyed Homecoming very, very much, and I, I thought think I'd agree with Tom that. Holland was very good uh, in both. Mm. Most definitely. This just added a little, a little spin. Um, again, even more pushing Spider-Man a little bit more out of his comfort zone, out of the city. Yep, absolutely. Bringing Nick Fury. And such like people, we won't say too much. For yeah, those, yeah, those of you who still uh, need to be careful about those of you who haven't seen the film, yeah. as always with a Marvel film, ensure you uh, stick around for the end. Oh credits. yeah, more than very, ever. very much so in this <laughs> more case. More than ever. Very much so in this case. Um, but yeah, I would say that Jake Gyllenhaal did did quite well, um, considering I'm not a huge Jake Gyllenhaal fan. I'll confess that. But he did a very good job of Mysterio. Again, as a comic book fan, you kind of see some of the parts of it coming anyway but there was so much to enjoy in that film mm. so much to enjoy in that film cannot wait for it to hit the blu-ray version that we mm. won't pirate we will certainly buy and yeah i can't wait yeah 
yeah, same here. I, I very much enjoyed it. I, again, we don't want to say too much, I guess. Because, no. Because no, no. spoilers. But, you know, the, the the villain's one of the better ones for me. Most definitely. Um, I liked that his his motivations were a flip side of a coin that's mm-hmm. explored in the film. Again, I'm trying not to say too much, but... The throwback to other films, the interactions of different characters from those films, so you're yep. covering oh, yeah, the Marvel the, the nice of the last ten yeah. years and, and various characters there. Brilliant. Absolutely. Yeah, it was, and, and uh, I've since learned as well, If uh, this, I don't think this classifies as a spoiler. If it does, I'll cut it, but I don't think it does. Um, the number plates in the film... Mm all reference key issues in Amazing Spider-Man. Oh, okay. I noticed, as we were watching it in the cinema for the first time, I noticed yep. when a car pulled in, it said AS, the number plate was ASM, and then, like, three numbers. Mm. I was like, oh, I bet that's an important comic book from Amazing Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And then I found a video online, and it, yeah, they I'm, are. I'm sure and we have a the, certain friend who would know these by heart as exactly, well. Exactly, but it's the origins of, it's the origin issues of the four... Uh, the characters who the four elementals are based on. I see, I see. And again, I don't want to say any more than that. No, maybe, no. And I should, probably shouldn't. But, they, they, you know, there are Easter eggs all over it. Yes, yes. If you look for them. Yes. So, yeah, no, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, I think we will move on because otherwise we could sit here yeah, and, and exactly. probably talk and about Spider-Man for the next 10, 15 minutes. Um, so, other films, Interstellar, which I borrowed off of you. Indeed, indeed. Haven't watched in a while. As soon as we discussed Nolan last time, I was like, you know, I haven't, I haven't watched Interstellar in so long. And I really enjoyed it, I've got to say. It, it, it's one of those films where I'd only watched it once, and maybe maybe twice after after the fact when it came out. But the it, it, the story is fantastic. Uh, the acting is... I mean, I'm, again, I'm not a huge Matthew McConaughey fan. I'm not going to no, say he's, 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 a, he's a lead for me. But the the beautiful cinematography. No, he's just... Um, Wally Fister. I mean, Always. come on. It's... You look out at the stars and you just think, it's, yeah, it's, it, looks it's, it looks absolutely incredible. The you know the ingrained bit a little bit later on. I'm not going to say too much because you know, for those of you who haven't seen Interstellar, by all means, go and go and watch it. It's a, another Nolan film which you will thoroughly enjoy. But again, later on where they go into the black hole and, and everything involved in that, just the intricate details, mm. fantastic. Yeah, it's based on the theories of. Kip Thorne, I think mm-hmm. it is, um, on what would happen when we, mm-hmm. you know, when you meet a black hole and go to a black hole. Uh, for me, it really—I mean, it made me cry because of the the daughter mm. angle and that whole, you know, the distance that's created with them. I think I can probably get away with saying it that way. Yes. There is a distance that's created yes. between the main character and his daughter, and and being a father, it, it, that sort of decision mm. and what led to him deciding to put that distance between them. Mm-hmm just broke my heart mm. that that you could think yes you know because i would think as the father oh yeah but this is you know this is what i've been working towards i've got to go and do this mm. but then one tiny thing means that this massive distance is then created that can never be made back yes you can never make that distance no. back no. and, and, it and then how that full comes circle back. as well in the sense of the storyline and the, the the narrative of the story and and uh, you know time space etc mm-hmm. etc that all coming full circle uh, I can I can appreciate that yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah it really hit me mm-hmm. with the, with that part but yeah I I do love that film I I'm gonna watch some uh, watch back some other Nolan stuff after watching all this uh, Dark Knight business and mm. um, I think. I'm veering on the side of saying it's my favourite, but mm. I, I, uh, right here now, if I was asked to pick my favourite Nolan film, I think it would probably be Interstellar. Mm. So 
yeah, it is a good one. Um, a slight change of pace, but um, I was watching. Uh, there's, there's too many urns. There's some more urns. Um, I'm going to do. Some I'm trying urns. to hold those back. I know. I've just caught myself mm. doing it, and now I've made it worse. <laughs> so <laughs> I was perusing the old flicks of net the other night. Flicks of net. Uh, the flicks of net, which, as as usual, we'll say we are no way endorsed by, but is. I've been using a bit. Have been using the Amazon as of late, but we'll get to yes, that in we'll a future. Yes, we'll see why that is future one lately. Um, but yeah, I came across this uh, time travel film mm-hmm. called uh, See You Yesterday, which is a yes, Netflix I've original. Yes, I've seen them all. Um, and obviously it's, uh, it stands out a little bit because mm-hmm. of the cast, because mm-hmm. it's a, a young black cast. Um, and to be honest, when I thought about it afterwards and I was uh, talking uh, to the, the good lady teacher indoors about the film, I think there's one, one st- like white Caucasian Mm. role in it that mm. is a speaking part I can't because uh, uh, everyone's either Puerto Rican mm-hmm. or there's a Latino contingent or there's the uh, Jamaicans because it's set in Brooklyn mm. so there's a lot of mixtures yeah. of different black minority. culture and different yeah, yeah, black yeah. cultures uh, mixing together and like I say then with, with some Latino Mexican sure. elements and, and Puerto Ricans and and I found it really, really refreshing mm. to, to, to watch that. And you just, it, it's the kind of thing that I watched and went, why why isn't it more like this? Mm. It's almost like yeah, with Black Panther. Mm. Yeah, you think, well, there's all this talent. Yeah. Why aren't why aren't these people in more major roles? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, we're getting a prominence of some of these individuals now. They're, they're higher profile. We're getting better films out. Mm. Um, most definitely. Uh, it's it's one that I've seen the, the flicks of net trailer but yes. i haven't got round to watch it is really interesting because it is uh, just a back to the future basically mm-hmm. type of story but something goes wrong on a jump back uh no sorry something goes wrong which causes them to jump back to try and fix it mm. but in trying uh, to fix classic. it they make it worse uh, and blah, 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 classic blah. yeah but time at no phase. time does it treat it flippantly mm. or uh you know uh, make you see it as <laughs> You know, as just two kids mucking about, mm. which is what it is, but they just aren't thinking about the consequences. Mm. But th- there's a, an awesome character arc for the, the the lead girl in it. She's amazing, and I really wish I'd written her name down now because I feel bad. <laughs> but she, she's incredible. I've not seen her in anything before, mm. but she, she's so good because she does play this this. You know, she's being a stupid kid basically, mm. and you can't get on board with her to start with. Yep. And then when the thing happens that means they've got to go back in time you really start to empathize with her but she's still not thinking properly so you, you it's emotion not logic ve- by exactly that point. and it's a it's a you know it's the old coming of age as well a sure. little bit yeah, you know yeah. she's she realizes she's got to grow up she can't be this irresponsible yeah. with her actions and with <laughs> it comes back to she's got the power mm. Uh, but she hasn't got the responsibility is, to go with it. Is, you know? is this one of these ones where we can see sequels, spin-offs, and, and the like? I, I haven't haven't watched it, so I don't know the answer to that. I think but, they could do it again yeah. if they wanted something. I, I think you'd just be. No, I, I think you'd be extending a story that doesn't exist. Okay, okay. so it's it's a standalone because it individual. it brings itself to a conclusion. Okay, that's fair, yeah. and which is nice actually. And a again, bit refreshing. it's an emotional conclusion because the conclusion they come to is not what you might be expecting. Yeah. And so it packs a punch, hmm. and it's 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 really heartfelt when it happens. Good stuff. Um, no, because I watched Interstellar, another one I'd I'd not watched in a long time is one of my all-time faves. I I love absolutely love this film. It was The Martian. I was just oh, in that. Man. I was in that space. I'm science the shit. Out of I was it. I was I was <laughs> uh, just in that space zone at that point, and yeah. 
I loved it the first time I saw it. It's, it's just, so good. It's so good. So, so and good. And again, it looks incredible. I, I mean, yeah. I've got it. I haven't watched special features on it. And after doing all this Dark Knight stuff and watching loads of the special features mm-hmm. on the Blu-rays to, to find out how much of what they did was real and, and things like that and how they accomplished some of the stuff they did in the films. Um, yeah, I think seeing seeing how they did some of the Martian stuff would be cool. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know... The bit at the end when he's shooting off the planet and stuff looks ridiculous. Yes. I know that one point, which I, I, I believe I read at one point, was that, obviously, Matt Damon's character is stuck on the planet for so long, he doesn't have any interaction with the crew. And that they isolated him from the other cast members until he gets to that point where he's on the radio with them and that emotion that he suddenly has because he's speaking to them for the first time on the radio is all real. Now, because it's uh, a bit, oh, yeah, and, and that that's, that's that was good. that again. That's a little bit, you know, Ridley Scott. You know, he's yeah. knocking it out of the park there. Again, throwing some great people in there. Love, love Jeff Bridges. Love a bit of Donald Glover as well. Oh, uh, yeah. you know, love that good old Chandler Scambino. And it was just fantastic. What I love about it as well is the fact that. In one of my favourite series, which I've said to you a thousand times, The Expanse, they have a little kind of throwaway and, and there's a, a ship which is called the Mark Botany and they, they kind of play ah. off of the fact that it may... It, it isn't necessarily is within the same the universe. Show or in the books? It's in the books. It, it hasn't, <laughs> as far as I'm aware, been referenced in the, in the TV show at this point, mm-hmm. at this point. But again, there's that little connection. Um, That's cool. Uh, loving The Expanse as much as I do. Um, if you haven't watched The Expanse, please go and watch that. The new series will be up in November. And You find it on Amazon Prime. Actually. Yes, Amazon, Amazon Prime. Netflix. Thank God that Amazon Prime picked they that up. Them. I was so ecstatic when that happened. So again, uh, just in that space thing. So then that took me back into, you know what? I haven't seen The Expanse for ages. So I just kind of went on a bit of a space binge for nice. the last, nice. last few good. weeks. So yeah, moving on to our main discussion point of this episode, which is the Dark Knight trilogy by Christopher Nolan. I'm Batman. Encompassing Batman Begins mm-hmm. from 2005, The Dark Knight from 2008, and The Dark Knight Rises from 2012. God, it makes me feel old. Oh, doesn't it just, mate? Doesn't it just? It makes me feel so, old. So, for any <laughs> that aren't aware of what situation we were in in 2005, let me recap you a little bit. Oh, we're going history lesson as uh, well. A little bit. Not, okay. not, I'm not spending huge amounts of time. That's fine. Just to anyone who, who doesn't know where it came from. Because yep. there may be people listening to this who have only seen the Dark Knight trilogy mm-hmm. and have only heard of the ones that came before. But yeah, I mean, essentially, in TV, we had the old Camp Batman of the 1960s, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Adam West. Um, and then... Well, let's face it, on TV, the best stuff was the animated stuff. But yeah, well, we'll most definitely. We'll which we will day. talk about that in a future podcast. Um, so, yeah, before Mr. Nolan came to us, we had, in 89, I think it was, was Tim Burton's Batman with Michael Keaton and uh, Jack Nicholson mm. as a Joker, which I, I think is a great still film. Hot, still holds up. Yep, to, I, I think in, it looks you really know, good. In this day and age. Uh, then he did oh, da- Batman, Batman Returns. Returns. Oh. I was going to say Dark Knight Rises. For a Batman Returns, uh, which had the lovely Catwoman in. Mm. Which at that point, I actually watched it and thought, hmm, yeah, a solo Catwoman film would be alright. Yeah, that didn't turn out yeah, so well, that did didn't it? Turn out but, so well. um, and then, unfortunately, mm. because merchandising, mm. as far as I'm Pashuma aware, oh, God. because the first two Batman films were 15s, mm. 
Warner Brothers couldn't sell enough kids' toys. Mm. So we handed the reins over to Joel Schumacher, oh, who created what I like to call the Neon Nightmare series. <laughs> because that was very quickly what the palette changed to, from the dark, dingy Gotham. The thing is, you look at the cast of who Two-Face was, Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, yeah. Fantastic, and fantastic and actor. Jim Carrey is the Riddler. Jim Carrey Peak well. Jim Carrey, like the peak of his, his career. <laughs> you betcha! Soon my little... Box will be on countless TVs around the world, feeding me credit card numbers, bank codes, sexual fantasies, and little white lies. Into my head they'll go. Victory is inevitable. For if knowledge is power, then a god am. And, oh, Jesus, let's pick Val Kilmer. But then you put the charisma vacuum Val Kilmer in the backseat. Well done. Yeah, no, you know what? I I convinced myself that I like Forever because at the time Mm -hmm. it was the first Batman film that I, you know, saw in the cinema and got involved in. And obviously there were kids' toys and stuff. So I I do hold that fondly. I'd I'd never defend Batman and Robin that came after it. Good God, no. Good God, no. I don't think I could watch that more than... I think I went to the cinema watched it. And even going out of it as a kid, I went, that was just unbelievably oh, shit. Like, I think about the clip that we're going to play, and I'm just not sure which horrible Arnold Schwarzenegger pun I want to go with. Oh, of course. And what I might actually do is what, what Wayne did for the um, the Line of Duty one, where he just played Hastings, <laughs> saying bent coppers loads and loads of times, which is hilarious. I might just go for all of them. The Iceman cometh. I'm afraid that my condition has left me cold to your pleas of mercy. In this universe, there's only one absolute. Everything freezes. You are not sending me to the cooler. What killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age! Can you feel it coming? The icy cold of space. Ah. After you're frozen, your icy tomb will plummet back to Gotham. Please, well, stay cool, bird boy. Like a Try and have a super, of, super of melee. All the puns. Oh. It'll probably take about three hours. Oh, have fun, Most of the runtime is Arnold Schwarzenegger puns. <laughs> but anyway, and we left Batman there because, you know, the bat nipples and everything yep. else. And I, I don't want to talk about the other stuff. No. But then came along. Christopher Nolan, who wanted to make a gritty and grounded Batman that was more key to us. He looked back through the texts and he decided he liked Year One. Mm. And Batman Year One, the comics by uh, Frank Miller, that wasn't yep. it? And uh, he, he liked the origin story in there and decided he wanted to make that origin story. And, you know, you go into it and who wanted an origin story for Batman in 2005? No, we wanted, <laughs> oh, we want flashy Batman with all of his gadgets and this, that, well, that and the other. It. We want peak Batman. Yeah. And so I was, I was really, I wasn't keen going in. No. And the first time I saw it, I was like, ah, well, it's better than the last one, but, you know, See, I've just watched an origin film again, See, so now was, I've got to wait for the, the next one. The first time I watched it, I was like, wow, like, honestly, wow, really, really surprised me because... It was one of those ones that just came out of nowhere. It wasn't like like we've got so many superhero films now. Mm-hmm. The fanfare before they even come out is is immense. Knew Nolan beforehand, seen a few of the films, etc. Knew of Christian Bale beforehand, seen him in a, in a few things. Obviously Liam Neeson had been in, in tons of things. Yeah. 
you Michael Caine so the, the cast was well rounded mm. knew a good chunk of them but this wasn't getting the fanfare right out of the park no, that, you, that you would have expected now though you look back at that I mean come on yeah and I mean th this is the thing to, to remember in hindsight is that Begins was not I mean it was well received mm. but it, it Dark Knight kicked it off. Oh yeah. You know, it took to the Dark Knight to for for the the franchise to go mainstream, if you like. Mm -hmm. You know, it was still considered a superhero movie at the, at the start. No idea what their expectations film. were, I suppose, of, of yeah. Batman Begins. Whether they thought, okay, we'll make it, we'll make our money back, and we just want to keep the license of Batman, because you know that's how they they were running. But absolutely. But yeah, the I mean, I I, I looked into it and uh, like I say, watched all the extra features and stuff, and, and and I mean, it is great, and it's got better for me over time. Mm. The more I watch it, the more I like it, because the more I pick out of it, yep. uh, the the oh, what do you call them? Setup and payoffs mm -hmm. of you know why do we fall, Master Bruce, <laughs> and then you know it coming around <laughs> the end, and sure. then what is it always he's saying to Liam Neeson? Uh, you've never learned to mind your surroundings, mm -hmm. and uh, you know so Boom. taking that Later from on. the beginning yep. through to the end, and you know so it's got the the sort of framework and the dynamics in there. I think I knew we were in the right place though, when you see Sergeant James Gordon. Yeah. See, I've I've reamed off a half a dozen people and I suddenly forget Gary Oldman. Yeah, Gary I Oldman's mean, in there on. as well. Let's just forget Gary Oldman. But exactly. But you, we're dealing with Sergeant. Yeah. James Gordon, yeah. and you know, we know the character is Commissioner. Mm -hmm. And he ain't going to get from sergeant to commissioner mm. in one film. And that's the beauty of it. I knew we were in the right mm -hmm. place because we were going to carry this Actual off. progression. We were going to tell another one. Yep. We were going to see him move up the tree. We were going to see Pete Batman. We were going to get mm. there. Um, and yeah, yeah the, I went and looked at the effects and looked at things um, in the first podcast when we were talking about fight sequences. Sure. The, being the actors and stuff. And I, I didn't realise, but Christian Bale did every fight sequence. Oh, I, I was aware film. of that. I'd seen every some, of the, one. some of the special I, features way back They were when. saying... Um, the stunt choreographer was saying he's got a photographic memory, mm. so he'd literally show him a sequence of 20 moves, and half an hour later, Christian Bale was mm. basically ready to go with them. And it's just, but he had to learn 16 fight sequences mm. for the film. <laughs> what? And he managed to do them all himself. Uh, and Liam Neeson did a lot of his own work as mm. well. Uh, um, the monorail sequence they were saying was interesting to film because they had to build a monorail and do all that stuff. I didn't realise they built the Batcave. I, they, they built it on a soundstage. That I, does not surprise me. I mean, you look at the thing and the, it's the, the, the detail, the beauty uh, exactly, of that exactly. was just and when immense. you realise, but I think nowadays we're conditioned yeah. to not realise. Yeah, you know, we it's CG. Oh, CG. Of course, it's yeah, CG. Of course, yeah, you know, yeah. They're on a soundstage yeah. and maybe there's a little bit of detail around them. Yeah. But background, nah, it's just green. Yeah. And they'll put it on afterwards. Mm -hmm. um, and the tumblers. He wanted tumblers. Again, seen how building. much be, being filmed in the UK, a good chunk of that filmed yep. in the UK. We'd obviously seen it in the news, flying yep. up and down motorways and stuff like that when they were shooting. So we'd seen it in the press. And I was like, is, is that really going to be the Batmobile? And then suddenly it comes out in the film and you go, actually, you know, for this day and age, that's exactly what And that's you what he wanted. He wanted the grounded, to, for it to look like a rugged army vehicle yeah. that had been repurposed. And so they built three tumblers, I think, mm. uh, if I remember rightly from the from the stuff. Um, and when they, um, they, they wanted it to end up in the Batcave, obviously, so they literally shot it into the soundstage at Shepperton, I think they said it was. Shot it from an air ram through the waterfall they'd built. <laughs> and But then they were worried. They realised if they did that, it was going to fly out the other side of the stage. <laughs> so they also had to fit it with a cable mm -hmm. that would stop it as Whoa. soon as it got through and landed 
that would stop it in about nine to ten foot. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, it's incredible. You because you, you don't yeah you don't necessarily think about that. And and no, all the, the driving mechanics. sequences yeah. were genuine. Yeah. There's there's so little CG in that film, and, and if anything, yeah. it's it's panels and flaps on the Batmobile yeah. moving to make it look more dynamic. Which is is quite funny because if you think about some of the future Nolan films, you know your your Inceptions and your Interstellar's, so much CGI, yeah. so so much Absolutely. CGI, and understandable so. There is so little in this point, even in the next two films. Perhaps a little bit more as as we kind of move through the trilogies. But well, yeah, yeah but it was again, so gritty, so grounded. But again, whether it was it was the budget, you look at that, well, and it, it's it's a you know, fair fair to say that they would have given him a decent budget for it, but it nowhere near what they would have, have no, given in this day. There was a lot of miniature work. Yeah, that he didn't want to do because mm. Chris Nolan, again from watching this, he wants a practical effect if he can get a practical effect. Mm. He wants to use visual effects to enhance if he needs to, like I say, moving the flaps and panels on the Batmobile to make it look more dynamic as it's driving. Mm-hmm. But he wants the Batmobile to be real. Mm-hmm. He wants the driver to actually be driving it and pulling in and out of cars and all that sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I that one set the stage for mm-hmm. me. And that, that was where I knew we were going to be in good hands. Mm. And then, of course, you get the lovely little tease at the end mm-hmm. with the Joker card. Which, again, being and the comic book fans we are, we knew was coming. We knew that they were going to do that. Gordon yeah. by the end yep. of the film. So, again, we're one step closer. We've shown that. Yeah, I'll look into You've it. You've really started I'll something. I'll look into it. Oh, exactly. you better have to. Ooh, we want more. We and want that more. Was, like, for me, that was the equivalent of the, uh, the Avengers tease that we'd get about three years later sure. at the end of Iron Man. Yeah. Like, how good would that be? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so we then moved three years down the road, and Begins was a success, as we say, yep. and so they wanted another one. And this time they upped the budget. Of course they did. So, Mr. Nolan could go a bit more crazy. So, <clears throat> the stunts in this one, uh, I mean, uh, alright, let's forget, forgetting the stunts for a minute. The, the, the film itself is, for me, about as perfect an example of what it is setting out to be mm-hmm. as you can possibly find. Yep. I was making notes for this film, and I couldn't... I don't think I've written uh, a negative aspect because I honestly cannot see, I think see them. The only the only negative aspect for me, mm-hmm. and, and I will, I will oh, admit by all means, to it. I was, I, yeah, no. I think I'm just in love. With yeah, this no, film that's that's completely completely understandable. The only negative for me, and I will wholeheartedly admit it, is that I I'm not against Hall's, By the way, this is this is nothing. But I didn't. I wasn't a huge fan of Maggie Gyllenhaal in, in this. I really would have preferred if Katie Holmes would have returned for this one. Now. Whether I've just got a bit of a crush on Katie Holmes, that, that, that may be beside the point. But I would have liked that continuation of the kind of the, the, the better actress because I don't think Maggie, Maggie Gyllenhaal really brought it in that film. But that's just me. That's just that's me. That's enough. the only kind of and criticism I would say. That makes sense to me yeah. from my perspective because I prefer Maggie Gyllenhaal. There we go. So every, everybody's going to have their different. And to be honest, yeah. I only realised that watching them back this mm. time. I watched Begins and was like. I, uh, I want Maggie Gyllenhaal. I don't want Katie Holmes. Mm. So then when I got to Dark Knight, I was like, yay, here's the actress yeah, I really yeah, want playing Rachel. We can't all have it so it is interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like you say, maybe it is that. I, I've seen Maggie Gyllenhaal in some stuff that I like. I've never seen Katie Holmes in anything other than Dawson's Creek and Batman Begins. So I guess, you know, my opinion of her isn't yeah, quite... I think it's maybe just because i got a bit of a crush on Katie Holmes. But it might be. Yeah. If Sarah Michelle Gellar was in the <laughs> film, I'd be backing her all the way from when she was buffing her. Um... Again, with this film, we get tons and tons of lovely foreshadowing. Yes. That's the you know the the, the my favourite bit being the um, you either die the 
what is it? You either die the hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Yep. Love that line. Mm -hmm. Absolutely love it. And again, within the first, I don't know, half an hour of the film, mm -hmm. you're setting up, you, you've just told us Harvey Dent's art. Mm -hmm. That's it. And I mean, we knew that anyway. Of course we do. I mean, we and again are the silver nice comic book fans, so we know these little things. Exactly. And we we see that, but again, they they didn't they didn't necessarily just throw it straight there and just like, oh, okay, this is happening. We could have had the sequence where they're in the courtroom, and instead of pulling out a gun, he throws acid at him or something like that. There could have been that, but they didn't. They subverted that until a lot lot later well, in the film. But they did that to as that was fan service. Yeah, because that is uh, exactly. for those that don't it, know in yes. the comics, yes. that is how Harvey Dent becomes Two Face. He is interviewing that guy, and he throws acid on his face, and half of his face gets covered. Yeah. Um, but I find it interesting that the more believable aspect in that day and age, in 2005, mm. it was more believable that he could have got a carbon yeah. fiber gun yeah. into a courtroom, yeah. and that would have been his method of choice. Mm -hmm. Whereas actually, if you did that scene now. Acid would seem the more likely choice, <laughs> just based on how things have gone these days and acid attacks and everything. Yeah, yeah I never, you know, how I never considered it as, it as that aspect, but yeah, yeah, you. Because that's yeah, what they changed. Totally it was because they, you know, fuel that they used in the end was mm. more they could do more with, um, and he just didn't think that throwing acid would be believable. Yep. I guess in that scenario. I, I mean, this one of the, one of the, I think the standout of it has mm. got to be. Ledger. Yeah, of course. Heath Ledger is just I have, you know, we'd all seen him. I watched 10 Things I Hate About You the mm. other day and I love him in that film, mm. but he isn't, I, I don't see Heath Ledger in The Dark Knight. No. I see the Joker. Yeah. And I see Heath Ledger in The Knight's Tale and I see Heath Ledger in yeah. Brokeback Mountain. I was just going to say, I The Knight's Tale, which I think was one of the few films which was out when we started working yeah, we together at the cinema. cinema. Yeah, 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 way back when. And him and yeah, yeah. But yeah, the, you know, I, I that's when I see Heath Ledger and I never see Heath Ledger in the dark. No, it, you know the the, the, the just, licking his lips, yeah. the the every in mannerism, his eyes. every little mannerism. I noticed yeah. his fingernails this time in the interrogation sequence. Mm -hmm. His fingernails are really, really long and chipped and cracking and dirty. And yeah. uh, we, you know, even through you know interviews pre and, and and kind of post the film, and you know after after he passed away, I think we were all aware of the fact that he'd taken this role utterly seriously that well, yeah, he, he was went a bit method with it as far just as I just to say he? the least the bit that completely i mean you get it right from the start he goes in there obviously he's you know killing off half of his crew is, is, is the beginning sequence goes but it's that one bit where he walks in and sticks the pencil down and goes i'm going to make this pencil disappear and how about a magic trick i'm going to make this pencil disappear it's slams the guy's head on it absolutely and just does it so straight faced and just like ta-da and I was like oh yeah. oh you've sold me on that yeah. one again ooh. I was watching it with the, the good lady teacher her indoors and she flinched mm. at that moment mm -hmm. and you see nothing mm -hmm. you see nothing absolutely nothing you see a man's yeah. head hit a desk yeah. and then he falls over yeah. that's all you see but again his reaction ta-da yeah. you know oh, just so good and uh, I mean another point I've got here actually is about the violence in the film because it is a 12, and it's a, a tough 12, mm. I would say. Mm. But they get away with it because they don't uh, they don't choreograph it and they don't point out what's happening. Mm. It took me quite a few times to realise that when he burns the money on the boat, mm. the uh, Lao is s tied up on top of the pile of money. Mm -hmm. And they don't make any reference to it. It's just as you go into that sequence, it pans down from the top. So you see Lao, you see the pile mm. of money, but then the whole rest of the sequence is shot without you being able to see the top. So you know that's happening. 
but yeah. they're not showing it. Yeah. So it, you know, it, it makes it worse almost mm-hmm. because you're left to your own imagination. As is often the case, you know, when, when you've got to use your imagination to figure out sometimes, you go, what could be the worst case yes. scenario in this? They're, they're going to blow up the, a load the, of hospitals. Okay, did they actually manage to get everybody out of the hospitals? Yeah. We don't know. We assume they did. Yeah. The uh, aggressive expansion where he um, wants to take on new crew from Gamble. Yeah. And he snaps a pull cue in half and just chucks it on the floor to the three blokes. He's like, we haven't got long. Again, doesn't show anything. But you know what's happening. Mm-hmm. And the same when he cuts Gamble. Mm-hmm. You don't see it. Mm-hmm. There's the, the big Hans Zimmer. Wah! Yeah. And it cuts from behind and you just don't see what's happened. He just falls to the floor. So it's left to your brain mm. to imagine how bad that looked or how you know what happened to yep. it. Um, I was amazed by some of the stunts in this as well, and I don't think nowadays you would do it. The um, the chase sequence with the the tumbler in this one, the, the you know the ridiculously long one with the sixteen wheeler and the rocket launcher and all yeah. that stuff. Uh, most of it, uh, well, none of it was CG mm. again, other than to does it tidy things look up. It. There's one sequence that is miniature, mm-hmm. which is where the bat, uh, the tumbler runs into the garbage truck yep. and pushes and it up into yep. the roof and along, and that's purely because they were shooting in Chicago and they couldn't smash a truck into the roof of an actual road. Makes sense. So you know, Chicago draws a line somewhere. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, they let them punt a uh, swap van into the sea so you know but yeah again all of that was done they the stunt driver um was told by one of the chase cars that was filming the action that they were doing 88 to 90 to keep up with it miles an hour not kilometers an hour by the way mm-hmm. guys Th- that that was in the t- the guy was in the tumbler mm-hmm. doing nearly 100 miles an hour I mean, that, that's that a, that's a, a hefty. That is a hefty, hefty oh, it's two vehicle. Two and a half tons. Oh. Two and a half tons. Oh, that's a big boy. Five hundred kilos of that. So half a ton of that was back axle and the wheels, mm. because they were basically from a tractor. Mm. Um, but yeah, in- incredible piece of kit. Like I say, all genuinely done. Uh, everyone, again, everyone wanted Nolan to CG flipping the. 16-wheeler. Which is just a beautiful, beautiful shot. It's an amazing sequence. Beautiful. Again, going going to the fact that a lot of scenes as well, you suddenly, you know, when you're watching it and you suddenly get the, the IMAX view, the, the full, you know, the full view, which again, didn't have the budget for it previously. He obviously starts to incorporate that more and more into his yeah. films. And they did have a little bit of IMAX on begins. Had they? Only a little bit, though, because okay. they physically weren't the cameras at the time. Mm. Um, at the time of shooting Dark Knight, there were four mm. IMAX cameras they broke one during the shooting of that chase sequence. They had one in in front of the uh, 16-wheeler when it first turns in. Mm-hmm. They had it chasing it there. And then another car was sweeping in from the side and it, it hit the, the 16-wheeler hits the car and moves it. And as it spun out of the way, it crushed mm. one of four IMAX cameras in existence. <laughs> so then they only had three left. I think one of the... They what... mounted one to the front of a motorbike because they wanted... Um, you know the sequence where the bat pod is going... Uh, to the battle, yeah, and it's going through like the, like a mall or something. Just about to bring up it? the bat pod. Actually, I was going to say the one thing that I really loved about that was the fact that we saw that. Okay, we we lose the Batmobile, but we get the bat pod. Yeah, exactly. That was that was absolutely fantastic. Just turning that and then flipping down. Exactly. Brilliant. Absolutely it beautiful. Because it, again, it's just a beautiful, slick, smooth-looking machine. Mm-hmm. And again, and it's believable. Exactly, the yeah, world. exactly, precisely. And, and again, listening to the the, the stuff, no one wanted that. Yeah. He was like, "Well, if you if we're going to have the back pod, these front two wheels have to be the wheels. Mm-hmm. So you have to figure out a way to get it out mm-hmm. off those two front wheels, and then we bin the rest." 
And yeah, that's where it came from. There was only, there was a, a French bloke they brought in to ride it because you didn't sit on it. You lay across it mm. and had to use your weight to move it side to side. Well, I mean, I think we see that a little bit a... more when we see Anne Hathaway kind of riding it yes. a little well, bit more actually, in, in, the, in the next it. one. Oh, have they? They rebuilt it and made the chassis out of aluminium instead okay. so that it was a bit lighter yeah, so yeah. that she could do it. But I mean, she never drove it in the sequences. Mm-hmm. It was a female stunt lady. Okay. Um, I can't remember her name. I can't remember any of the stunt people's names, to be honest. They were all incredible, and I really should have written them down. But um, yeah, so they did make changes for that. But I, that, that 16 wheel of it, you know, in the middle of Chicago, mm. they were allowed to to fire a gas ram out the bottom of a 16 wheeler mm. and flip it fully on its head. It's it's a beautiful, beautiful shot. It just <laughs> bush. Uh, and again, there's oof. a bit in that sequence that that tells you about Nolan's methodology as well. Do you know the, um, the bit where the helicopter comes in? Yeah. Well, he knew he couldn't crash a helicopter. Mm. Practical effect. So they have the helicopter fly in, mm-hmm. fly down, so the opening shots are real mm-hmm. helicopter. When it hits the wire, mm-hmm. and as it's collapsing and coming to the ground, mm. it's CG. Mm. But he then got them to get a, a hunk, well, a wreck of a helicopter, Just dump it there. set it on fire, sure. and drag it down the road, yeah towards the truck so when the truck smashes into the wreckage of the helicopter that was genuine Mm. because his methodology was if the lead-in and the exit from the sequence are practical effect even though your brain will get distracted very slightly by the visual effect you should get brought back into it again Mm. for the end sequence because the sting in it is genuine practical Mm. effect and you know i think that works really well for it yeah um i think one of the you know touch on the science science of, of, of the film a little bit in in terms of the mobile device the sonar that they oh, use oh yeah yeah um the only reason i'm going to kind of mention that is because you you laugh but the realistic applications of that kind of technology in this day and age is actually quite astounding mm. and that we probably could have that technology if we if we actually you know thought about it for all we know it's out there Ooh, you know uh you know yeah. but again that was one of those kind of plot points, as you said before, set up and pay off. We had that a little bit before. Yep, with the trip to Hong Kong. Precisely. And then later on, that suddenly becomes an integral part of the plot. So again, that was another little another little point. That I, again, he just introduces things. I think going back to Batman Begins just very briefly, they kind of mentioned, it, it was kind of a throwaway thing, very much at the start of the film, yeah. that they'd lost one of their prototypes, which turns yes, out the microwave to be the... Yeah, yeah exactly. And... Those little plot points where you just kind of sometimes you just dismiss that. I think, oh, well, that's that's just part of the, you know, that's that's nothing. No, no, it all means something, and that's something that Nolan brings to the table. Mm. Everything means something. Yeah, absolutely, I totally agree. Um, and I think you can probably say that he wrote the screenplays for all three, co-wrote the screenplays for all three. Begins was co-written by. David Goya, mm. and the other two were co-written by Jonathan Nolan, his mm. brother. So, yeah, I, you know, I think that shows through. Um, so, after this one, we sort of went into a lull, didn't we? Well, because Nolan yeah. wasn't really very keen to come and do another. No, one. I think as far as we're aware, that's what the stories were at the time. I think also the the impact, genuinely, the impact of. Heath Ledger's death probably weighed heavily on him. I would have thought so, yes. I, I would have thought he probably blamed himself, even though he shouldn't, mm. he, you know, because he was in charge of that character yeah. and, you know, he'll be feeling like he should have spotted signs yeah. or whatever. Again, it, it may be. have been a case yeah. that he'd had a third film planned with the Joker being a part of that Absolutely. and that, you got to throw that out the window at this point. 
absolutely. Yeah. Um, I remember making jokes with you and uh, another one of our friends about, you know, we, we, we would joke, how long is it before Warner Brothers just backs that truck of money up to his yes. front lawn and dumps it? Yes. Uh, so that he'll come back for another one. And obviously, he went off and made Inception yep. in 2010, mm-hmm. in the middle. And then he did come back, and he did Dark Knight Rises yeah. to finish the trilogy. Now, I... <sighs> This is the one I'd seen the least, I think, and and mm-hmm. I don't remember it fondly, and so I went back and I I thought you know what I'm you know I'm gonna watch this and I'm gonna give it a chance and I'm gonna see what I can do and unfortunately I started writing notes and a lot of them are negative. <laughs> I feared and you may say I feared that you might have said that. I you know. I through doing this I worked out why. Mm. I mean like the, take the opening of Dark Knight Rises. Mm-hmm. That's one of the most incredible opening sequences. Very much so. I've seen. Ever probably, yeah. and again, uh, I, the effects in that are ridiculous, and I shall go into them in a bit. But you know, you open really well, and mm. you've got bloody Bane and Tom Hardy, and mm-hmm. he's being cool and Bane um, without loads of you know pipes and stuff. Well, he did a little bit, but you know, not yeah, over yeah, his shoulders no, and stuff. Yeah, the whole like venom thing has obviously exactly. gone gone by for that. And I like that. You just like, no, I just want you to be a big bulky bloke. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I. <laughs> Like, as you go through it, it is... There is a lot in for, there. For those of you who good. can't see, he literally has I, about I have five pages, pages of notes. Five pages of notes. I'm really Four, sorry. five A4 pages of notes here. And uh, some of them are bad, but... Um, like the stock exchange sequence, right? Mm-hmm. They come out of the stock exchange on motorbikes. Where did the motorbikes come from? <laughs> they don't enter mm-hmm. the stock exchange on motorbikes. Mm-hmm. There are they're, they're people they're cleaners they're stuff you know maybe yeah. you could say Tom yeah, Hardy's yeah. character does yeah. because he comes in as a delivery driver wearing a but his motorbike yeah. is not outside the stock exchange sure. and he hasn't driven it through the front door mm. so where did they find motorbikes mm. to escape from in the stock exchange yeah. and it's things like that that bother me with this one and that's what I was trying to get to the bottom of is why Nolan isn't isn't like this mm. like the, my whole problem with the film from the start is it's been eight years since the dark knight bruce wayne retired as batman at the end of the dark knight mm. how is he so messed up mm. he's hobbling around he can't do anything he goes to see the doctor and he's got no cartilage and this and that and the other now that's fine if that was the case at the end of the dark knight mm. but it didn't seem to be mm. yeah he'd fallen out the window or whatever he'd, he'd had a few scrapes and, batman, and cuts and blah blah, blah. he's taken yeah. worse hits during yeah. the course of the film yeah. So why was he so beaten up? Mm. That's what... It's straight away, you've, you've made me go, well, he didn't do it. Like, if he'd been crime-fighting for eight years, mm. of course he's going to be that beaten up. I'd buy it. But your story is that he didn't. That was the thing. His his beat-up state was more mental than it was physical. Yes. It is the, is the implication, I suppose, that we were trying to take away from that. Yes, he looked physically frail. He had his beard and blah, 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 blah. There's nothing wrong with beards. I'm sporting a beard myself. No. Uh, but... Yeah, you look at him and think, okay, you're a bit more frail, you're a bit more fragile than you were because you've you've had your heart broken, because you've lost somebody you care about, because you are being looked at as the villain, uh, you don't want anything to do with the world anymore. So you see all of these things, but yeah, no, I, I completely agree. You know, I the, just, the plot there. I just wonder whether they struggled yeah. this time. Mm. And from watching the the, the the extra stuff, it doesn't seem like Nolan has any less passion for it. Mm. But I just, it feels to me like they couldn't quite get what they wanted or they couldn't quite decide what they wanted to do with it. Mm. 
Um, and like again, my biggest biggest problem with it is the the pacing and the timing. And no, the pacing is pretty bad in the film. So the film I, goes I will an hour that. and thirty six minutes out of a two hour thirty runtime, something, yeah, like, something that. like that. We go an hour and thirty six minutes, and we've covered a couple of months, maybe. Um, and that leads us up to the stadium sequence where Bane takes over Gotham, essentially, yep. right? So that's an hour and 36 minutes into the film. We are told at that stadium sequence that, the uh, well, when Bane takes the bomb, he they say it's going to decay in five months, go off in five months, and he says, yes, it will be exactly five months. So we've got five months at that point till the end of the film, you mm-hmm. would assume, because it's a ticking bomb. Yep. So that's going to be the end of the film. So we've gone an hour and 36 minutes for about two months not really covering a huge amount of story because it's just Bruce Wayne pootling about because remember at this point he hasn't even he's just been beaten by Bane Mm -hmm. and sort of taken down to the pit Mm -hmm. but hasn't even had his back straightened at this Mm -hmm. stage so we've got an hour left and we're going to cover five months and I thought wow that's really bad and I wrote that in my notes (laughs) however it's worse because what then happens is Seven minutes after that, and I have been this ridiculous, I'm sorry guys, you'll learn, I'm a freaking pedant, but in seven minutes, we've had the cops in the sewers for three months. Yeah. So seven minutes later, mm-hmm. we've covered a further three months. Yeah, it's... What's happened? Then, don't, because it gets worse still. 45 minutes from the end of the film, so we've covered 16 minutes since the stadium sequence. Yeah. There's 18 hours left till the bomb goes off. Yeah. 16 minutes, yeah. we've covered... F- Four months, 29 days, and yeah. most hours. Yeah. I just... You can't do that. No. It, it, it also felt for me, again, as you say, the pacing side of it, this was not much of a Batman film. I don't, I, you know, it, it he was very, very Batman's much... Batman's not in it very much. Very, very little. Even Christian Bale is not in it all that much. If you look at it, the supporting cast... I, I would, I'm surprised you haven't gone through the detail of counting how many minutes he's in it in comparison to everybody else. Oh, you know what? There is a list. Uh, and it is the go. one that he's in it the least. Yeah, I and believe. it does not surprise me. Uh, because, again, I don't know whether he just lacked the passion. There was just no spark there. There was mm. just no... I, I think you know. I can kind of see why they had the problem. Mm-hmm. Because if you're going to use Bane, mm. you're going to do Nightfall. Mm-hmm. Which, for the uninitiated, the Nightfall is the comic series... Uh, the, or the comic storyline that introduced Bane, and Bane broke the bat. Mm-hmm. Now, in the comic books, of course, what they do is they've already set up someone to take over yeah. in secondary stories leading up to the event. Yeah. So when he's gone, and while he's recuperating, we get someone else trying to fill his shoes, and we watch their adventures to keep the pace going, mm. so that we're not just spending the next six months' worth of issues watching Batman recuperate in the Batcave. Because <laughs> that's boring yeah, no, as that hell. boring as shit. So, and obviously Nolan didn't want to do that, so he's just condensed everything down to about 16 minutes because he didn't know what else to do. The thing is, I mean, I still worry about the the medical mechanics of how they, you know, oh yeah, uh, yeah lean on a back, bit of yeah. rope to uh, to fix your back. Sorry, I occasionally have a bit of a back twinge, but yeah. I wouldn't put myself on a rope to fix a backache. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, no. And then, Straight, and then suddenly he's doing punch him in the back to supposedly I mean, straighten it, and then hangs him up and goes, "Just stay there till you can stand." And then, and then he's what? doing like sit-ups, like nobody's business. Yep. I'm sorry, but if your back is that messed up, you can't do sit-ups. You, no, you, you just know. can't do it. So, yeah. So yeah, I've yeah. got a lot of negatives now. Yeah. Now, what I will say is, I did think, you know what? There's got to be more here, and and I I also hate the fact there's a twist at the end because no, no, none of the others have had a twist. Well, you say there's a and twist, but. 
if it, I, I, when I went into I the film, I, I, I knew straight away. Seeing that person, I was like, well, I, I'm going to guess who you are. I don't think that... Because it's never choreographed. She is always not with Bane mm. until that final mm. sequence. Because I kept thinking to myself, oh, I wonder if there's hints and, you know, she makes a decision that would go... She doesn't seem to. She seems to play what she's playing. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand why she ends up in the Bruce Wayne's house and they have a love sequence. No, I, don't know, it, I don't really it, understand There's a lot of shoehorn stuff in there. But, I mean, there, <laughs> there is good stuff. There really is. I mean, let's face it, Tom Hardy's incredible. Yeah. Tom Hardy's incredible in it. I love Joseph Gordon. Yeah, I was just well. about to say. Yeah, he, if he they had ever have yeah. done another one, yeah. him taking over the reins, yeah. bang on. I'd Ga- Gary on Oldman continues his trend as well. Exactly. Gary Oldman's great. And obviously, we forgot, I forgot to mention in the Dark Knight bit that we do get our Commissioner Gordon yeah. by the Dark Knight. Yeah. So then we complete that arc as well, which is another reason why that one stands out, because it, it is lots of payoff um, for things that have been set up. Oh, like I said, there, there is good stuff in here. Um, I've got a note here that says, holy shit, Tilk. Yes. Tilk, is it? Yes, yes, it's got Tilk. Yes. Tilk from Stargate SG1 yes. for anyone who for, doesn't for, know. For those um, um, initiated. We may end up talking about that one day. Yeah, well, maybe perhaps one day, yeah. The, I'll just finish by giving some positives about this. And I, I think the positives, like you say, is in the acting, is to be found in the acting, yeah. and is to be found in the, the again, in the effects work mm-hmm. and the way it looks. As you say, that opening sequence, that, that plane sequence right at the start was, you know, was Jesus blue. Hardly any beautiful. of that for CG. It's ridiculous. They they well, it it's the way they mixed it together. So they genuinely flew mm. a, a big plane above a little plane and launched four men out of the top of it mm. and they hung onto the sides of the little plane and, you know, broke into the plane and stuff like that. When the plane then gets hooked onto the bigger plane, the the, the small jump uh, like a little jump jet gets hooked on that's miniatures because he didn't want that to be cg because as the wings break off in the wind it looks genuine because it's actually a miniature made properly a one-third scale miniature in that kind of wind Mm. having its wings broken off by the buffeting and then the visual effect is to meld one into the other Mm. then when the the helicopter the plane has broken and he's just dangling down and they're all inside it, they built a rig that would tip up on its end so that they could shoot all that and get all the actors inside it. But they also took, f- fixed it to a heavy lift crane, uh, a heavy lift helicopter, and flew it mm. along to shoot sequences inside it while it was happening. And the men coming down mm. in the top and getting everyone out because he wanted it to be moving while yeah. it was going. And, and it, it's it, just... It comes across as that completely. It's, it's incredible. It is. One of the best... Opening sequences of, of any of the three films, but most definitely, there, there is just something quite special about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and again, like you say, the, the intricate detail that they've gone to shows shows in spades. Absolutely. I think the um, uh, Bane's Lair, for example, mm. was built, again, constructed, a four-story mm. thing that they constructed at Cardington, um, which looks great. Um, again, the fight there was uh, Tom Hardy and Christian Bale. Mm. And, and I love it. You know, Christian Bale, I've, I don't know. My opinion of him fluctuates because I think since the, you know, we, he's been shown to be a bit of a dick sometimes. Yes, yeah, I think, yeah, Not since the, time, uh, yeah, no, since be, that, uh, that leaked portrayed as a little audio, bit of a dick. Exactly, uh, it's the yeah. Terminator yeah, thing, Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. So, but, like, he's Batman, so he's got a bat suit on and he's got a mask covering half his face. I just think any other actor on the planet would be like, I'll be in my trailer, lads. 
you tell me when you finish yeah, it. Yeah, I see what you say. Yeah, because you don't even need him for a bloody close-up. Yeah. You know, you just find someone with a lower jaw similar, mm-hmm. and he doesn't even need to be seen on set. But he wanted to do it mm-hmm. because his exact words are that you can then zoom in and you can see it's me i mean you've seen not somebody else seen him in various roles where you know he's he's lost an absolute shit ton of weight or he's had to gain a shit ton of weight so you know he is somebody that takes on this role seriously don't get me wrong i think he was perhaps burned out of 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 playing batman by that point i think he was just like i just you know yeah i'll I'll do it I, i need to get this done but, uh, yeah, the passion is certainly lost. I, I think I'd agree. Uh, it's certainly noticeable that he's he seems to be in a lot less of the uh, extra features mm. on the Blu-ray. There's not as much from Christian Bale in the Dark Knight Rises stuff as there is in the earlier two. So that that, that could be why, to be fair. Um, finally, the stadium sequence. That yeah. massive stadium yeah. sequence. Now, obviously, when the stadium drops away, that's CG from above. But the crowd is real. Mm. They got 10,000 people, nearly 11,000, I think they said, because uh, it was in Philadelphia. And they spaced them out around the whole arena in dribs and drabs. Mm. So there was always some real people. Mm. Then they filmed a load of them in batches of four against green screen and dropped them in digital. Mm. So even though, yes, it's a visual effect, it's real people. Mm. It's not CG people mm. who are reacting to stuff. It's real people just copy and pasted. But even then, when they, um, the guys running along with the the ball and the stuff's collapsing behind yeah. him that was part visual effect part uh, special effect because mm. they actually built a raised platform on the football field so as the guys were running along they could fall into a hole that mm. took them out of vision and then they just relayed sort of a digital field over the top of it but the guys then appear to fall into nothingness because they were falling into a physical pit mm. that was on the pitch but yeah I think I think it's a shame would be my sum up. I, I think the Dark Knight Rises wasn't yeah, what it could have been. No. And part of me wonders whether it should never have been. It, it, this is the thing. I'm not it's, sure. Uh, I think like you're always going to have There's have a great bit where um, when he's going down the tunnel and um, bad guys are shooting at Batman. And he's it's all strobed because of the bullet fire. Mm-hmm. And he's just one minute he's right, then left, then and he's getting closer all the time, and then it's just his face right in the camera. Mm-hmm. And it just reminds me of like a, a, a comic books, you know, panel sequence. Mm-hmm. And and some of that sort of stuff is, is excellent. I mean if you if, are paying tribute, you're taking that visual style. Yeah, if anything it was books. that point perhaps where if it had broken about as you'd said and, and actually had Robin or Nightwing or or somebody set up in in the wings, no pun intended, um, to kind of fill that void. That that may have been a saving grace, but I think by by the end of the film, I was just like, you know what, Batman's gone, and this this chapter is closed. We've closed the Batman trilogy of Nolan now. Let's let's just move on from it. And I was I was fine with that. Like you say, I don't know whether it bookended it as perhaps well as. The problem is that after after the previous film and and the fanfare that was around mm-hmm. it, the the absolute acting skills that that were thrown at that, it just missed that little little special quality. I yeah. think so that it yeah, was always, think... always going to suffer. It was yeah. all whatever happened. It was always going to suffer. We will never know whether there could have been a third film which would have included Heath Ledger's Joker mm-hmm. and other characters. We will never know that. No, um, you're quite right. But we've got at the same time still a better Batman film than the Schumachers. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. So that's how you got. That's look it. At. at least we can look at the last back, the last in. Oh no, we can't look back at the last incarnation of Batman being good, can we? No, we've now got Robert Pattinson. Got a, oh, well, and we have to okay. get Affleck in that, don't we? Oh, oh God, I'm not. I'm not going there. I'm. Oh, Didn't God, get his own I'm, not, I'm not going there. I'm not going there. No, I don't think we should. Well, I think after that, ladies and gentlemen, we should uh, call it for today. So. Thank you very much to lis- for listening to us. Thank you. Um, wherever you may be listening, we should be available on Spotify and YouTube and Mixcloud. And as of this episode, we also have an email address that you can contact us at should you wish to hurl abuse at us or even better, ask some questions. Uh, the questions that, would be better than the abuse. Uh, yeah, exactly. The abuse I'll send to Fluffy. Um, well, thanks. Uh, I'll take the questions. Cheers. But the address is screenmasters at bitebackmedia.co.uk. So that's screenmasters at bitebackmedia.co.uk. And the byte is spelled like a computer byte, not a food byte. So B-Y-T-E. And yeah, I don't think I've got anything else to say. Well, you've, we you've, you've spoken a great deal. You've spoken I a have. great deal. I'm I have. surprised you're not out of I'm breath. looking forward to recording the second episode and being a bit more of the background. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, guys. Uh, we will catch you on the next one, where we shall be discussing upcoming a uh, comic book TV shows. I have been Bav. I have been Fluff. And this has been Screen Masters.